0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Part of the era 5781, the passage we're going to deal with this posse, peric, vo, posse, it says "Ela Roche says, These are the heads. Of their father's houses. B'nei Ruvein, Bechor Israel, the sons of Ruvain, the Bechor of Israel. Chanoch Uphalu, Chabsron V'charmi, Ela Mish Bechor those are the families of Ruvein. Now these psukim go through the Yechus of Moshe and Aaron. And before we get through Moshe and Aaron, the Torah tells us the two Shvatim that came before Shavit Levi. Shavit Levi, obviously, from Moshe and Aaron. We go through Shevat Ruvain, Shavit Shimon. We go through their children, those that came down to Mitzrayim. And then we immediately go into Shevat Levi. And the question is why? Why do we have to mention the Yechus of Moshe and Aaron? Why do we have to mention Ruvain and Shimon? What is all this for? So number one, Rashi tells us that the pasuk is needed to start their yichus from Ruven and order their birth. No other information is given. Rashi doesn't explain what he means by that, but we st- have to start the yichus from Ruven. And that seems a little strange. The Roshpam adds in Peshat that the pasuk wants to know who these great men were so that we wouldn't be confused later and ask where they all came from, which is strange because... We know who Moshe and Aaron were. We've already met them before. It's strange that we go through this right now. The Ramban says, Had we started from Shavit Levi, if we wouldn't have started with Ruven and Shimon, we might have thought that from now on, out of the covet of Moshe Rabbeinu, for the honor of Moshe Rabbeinu, Shavit, Reuven and Levi were no... Shavit Levi was now the firstborn child. That the bechor status was taken away from Reuven and given over to Levi because Moshe was just that special. So, even though, obviously, there's uh, that the, the Reuven, Reuven is, has been known as the Behor up until now, but from now on, it would switch and would go to Levi itself. Because Sheve Levi was so special, each one of his children were roy to be leaders, the Pusik added the word dosum by them. So even though Reuven technically is still the Behor, and even afterward, not even though the covenant of Moshe Rabinu should make it different, nonetheless, it says the word dosum by Sheve Levi and Pusach Tazayin to show that they were El Elyon and very special people, but Reuven and Shimon still retained their old status in comparison to lady. The Orachim Kadush adds to this answer that a king must have proper yichus, or he is not allowed to become king. After Moshe Rabbeinu suggested the Jews wouldn't listen to him, they wouldn't listen to him because he felt he couldn't be king, the P'sukim go on and tell us immediately, says the Orachim Kadush, that he was ready to become king based on his yichus, and that's why we go into it right now and we didn't do it earlier, because when Moshe Rabbeinu starts questioning, should I really be the leader, now Kadush Baruch Hu says, yes, absolutely. The meshe says, from this point on, Everyone was looking at Moshe Rabbeinu with a critical eye. It's like, up until this point, they saw Moshe Rabbeinu and they said, oh, whatever, you know, maybe. But now Moshe Rabbeinu becomes the leader of Klai Yisrael. Everybody's looking at him and waiting for him to mess up. They wanted to pounce on it. similar to the media hype that you find nowadays with certain people, no matter what happens. HaKadosh Baruch wanted everyone to know they had nothing to worry about Moshe Rabbeinu being their leader since he had come from, the, the, number one, he had nothing to gain from it at all because he was already an old man. He was 80 years old, 79 years old at this time right now. And he came from good people as well. He was not in this for the money. That was clear because it went to the midborn. He was living in a tent with everybody else for the next 39, 40 years. We even mentioned Palu, the father of Dustin and aviram says the Meshachachma, Korach, Shol ben who is Zimri, to show that every single one of these people argued with Moshe Rabbeinu at some point. Pimchas is even mentioned because he's the one that got up against Zimri itself. And still Moshe Rabbeinu came out on top. From the beginning, Moshe Rabbeinu was special. and There should be no doubt why HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose him over everyone else to be, be, be HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Shliach. And the Meshachachma says even with the critical eye, the B'nei's who are giving them the B'tu Ahre Moshe, and nonetheless, they couldn't find anything wrong. Tom Bedassar Strombach says this started from their youth, how they were raised. See, some people, he says, don't consider even like kindergarten kids, nursery kids. It's not that important where they do, or what they go, where they go, what they do, etc. Because look, they're just little kids. How could it matter? But Moshe Benu shows that even from the smallest, from the youth, from the very, very beginning, it's Chinuch is so important. That it changes everything, even from when you're very, very young. Rav explains the pasuk katamar Yifrach u ke'eres ba ukeeres ba yiske, that a tzadik should sprout out like a tamar, like a palm tree, a like a cedarwood in the Lebanon. Yiskeh, he will be able to become great. And why? Shesulin because they were planted in the house of Hashem. They were brought up properly. Bechatzros elokenu in the chutz of Hakadosh Baruch Right. Chinoch is so important even when a kid is extremely young and extremely small. Even at that point, even at that point, a kid can be affected by his surroundings and when things happen. That, this is what this puzzle tells us about Moshe Rabbeinu. That's the first shot. The first shot is that the Yichos needed to tell us how special Moshe and Aaron were. Rashi brings another answer for the Psikta Rabbasi. This is number two. The Yaakov had cursed these three Shvatim instead of blessing them, Parshas Vayichi. These Psukim assure us that they were, they were still Chashiv. And there were Chashiv people that came from these Shvatim, right? That everybody was Chashiv. The Rashbam over here says this as well. That even though Ruven, Shimon, and Levi were all cursed by Yaakov, Inu, no, 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 no. There were Chashiv people from all three of them. Not just Moshe and Aram from Shevi Levi, but all of them. The Shirashim Rabbah. And Perak Dalid Halacha Zayin, as well as the Medrash HaGad will say, because these Shvatim accepted the musr that their father gave them, they accepted it. They all deserve to be mentioned over here. They understood what Yaakovina was trying to tell them when he told them that they were wrong. Or, Apam, etc. They knew that they deserved accolades for all the great things they did. And Yaakovina wasn't ignoring that. But the greatest musr that they could take was that Yaakovina was telling them and accept it and understand that message better that showed their greatness. And because of that greatness for each one of these Shvatim, they deserve to be mentioned over here when we go to the Yichos instead of all the other Shvatim over here. Rabbin of says the word Eile is always written to passel, what was written before him. Whenever we see the word Eila, it means beforehand is nothing and this is something brand new. B'nai's all were choshiv, They all had yichus. But the Egyptians, the people that they lived along, had no parentage. They had no yichus because of the arise that they did. It seems likely they also stayed far away from the Egyptians, the Jews themselves, and did not live anywhere near them, which allowed them to remain separate and choshiv on their own. Perhaps... That's the reason why the Jews became great, because they kept their yichos while the Egyptians didn't. So, the specific reason why we go through this is to now know why the Jews deserve this as opposed to the Egyptians themselves. Even though we know Moshe grew up in Paro's palace, we also know that Yochev and Amr were the ones who raised them until we knew that Shem and Hashem in order to kill that Ishmitri. The Shachads that, of course, been Esau were in a difficult spot. They were slaves. They were downtrodden. They were treated like garbage by the people, by the Egyptians that lived there. Anyone would want to get out of that by doing anything they could. That's obvious. Nevertheless, they stayed. stayed true to their heritage. They would not marry an Egyptian even if that would improve their status. And that shows you how special these people were. They remained B'nai Ruvain, B'nai Shimon, B'nai Levi, and that made them special. Medjish Lakak Tov, and the Medjah both mention this. The Egyptians claimed that the Jews had no yichus at all, that they had none. And they could not count anyone as their children since their wives had surely sinned and that things were wrong. Hashem countered this by showing from the beginning that the Jewish women were extremely careful and went nowhere near the Egyptians. Their lineage was completely Untainted and that 's why we mentioned it over here now Ferris Onson goes in a little bit of a different direction. He says that was all comparing them to the Egyptians. He says Shaba Levi was never enslaved because Paro knew from his magic that the savior of the Jews is going to come from that shape. And what he assumed was is that there's no way that someone who didn't go through the pain of slavery would understand what his brothers were going through. So if Shevet Levi wasn't enslaved on purpose in Paro's mind, it would not allow for a savior to get up and to be able to save the people. That may have been why. That could be the reason why Claudius would not listen to Moshe Rabbeinu either because they didn't think he was going to be able to hear them that he was going to be able to understand them you never grew up in slavery you grew up in the palace and then you ran away there's no way you're going to be able to understand this so in the end it says to Pharaoh so why did Baruch Hu want the savior to be from Sheva Levi why did the goel the go'ula, have to happen through Sheva Levi cuz there was an error ...about the rest of Klai And that's a sad thing. The rest of Klai Yisrael, the Mitzrayim said... ...if we're Sholit al ...and everything else, lo kol ...shouldn't we be Sholet in everything that they have? It should be obvious. Since there was an error about them, right... ...which is why only the boy Mitzrayim of Reuben... And ...the are mentioned over here... ...anyone with an error cannot become king... ...so only Shavit Levi was clean enough... For a king to come from them. Only Shevet Levi were people that were able to have that. And therefore, Shevet Levi had to be chosen over everybody else. Shira Shirim Rabbah gives another answer that's very similar to this. In Dalad Zion, he says something that seems to be shocking. The Eil over here is not possibly the the The, the Elo is postling the other Shvatim. Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi never mixed in with the Egyptians. But every other Shevet did. That's Rebbe Huda's opinion in the Medrash and the Shirashir and Rabbah itself – they mixed in and Reuven Shem and Levi didn't that's why they're the only three mentioned Rabbi Nechemia says these are the only three shavim that didn't worship Avodah Zarah the Medjah Gadol adds that they were also they protested when they saw people doing terrible things and made sure to do whatever mitzvahs they had which may even include Brismila, right although it seems like that could have only been Shavit Levi these three were leaders Reuven Shavit and Levi went up to the other people and mustered them out and told them you're doing something wrong tried to get them to the follow even though they weren't successful they tried to do right they tried to do as much as they possibly could. And these three shalatim are mentioned here because of how special they were as opposed to the other parts of Bnei Yisrael. Not as opposed to the Matrim but as opposed to the other parts of Bnei Yisrael. That's a crazy Shir Shiram rabba, a medjash rabbi Yehuda, rabbi Nechemyon. The Ibn Erzah says, right now Reuben and Shimon had no other kavod, there was no other honor that they had, other than the fact that they were older than Shavit Levi. No one Khoshiv had come from their Shvatim in years. Those that were Bayim Mitzrayim were Chashev, but nobody else was there. True, they were older than Levi, that is true. But that's where his greatness ends, and that was pretty much it. The Sforno says something similar. These Shvatim originally formed the officers and the leaders of Klai, so Ruven's kids and then Shimon's kids and then Levi's kids, right? But then the children of Shimon and Reuven died. Their children and grandchildren were no longer as Khoshiv. They were only hushed because they were related to Reuven and Shimon, and that's it. They were the B'nai Reuven, the B'nai Shimon, and that's that. But they themselves had nothing. Not so by Shevet Levi. Shevet Levi kept going. Shevet Levi's kids, Koskir Ruri, were great. Koskir Ruri's kids were great. Their kids were great. And it kept going all the way to motion. I don't know. He was able to riv, And maybe that's why. Maybe the reason why, says the Sforno, is because Levi lived longer than all of his brothers. The others, Shvatim, weren't alive all that time. But Levi was. He was there for his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren. And it's possible that he taught them what they needed to be. And that way, it's not so shocking that the future leaders, Miriam, Aaron, and Moshe came from Shevet Levi. Levi helped them become the people that they were. Aksavah Kabbalah says the same thing as well as the Sforno. The even explains this a bit using the Medrash. Reuven was the leader of the Jews in Mitzrayim. And I know we say that Yehuda was. He was the Roshiva, But Ruven was the leader of the Jews in Mitzrayim. When he died, he passed on that title to Shimon, who was still alive after he died. When Shimon died, that was passed on to Levi. When he died, died, they thought to pass that on to Yehuda, And I don't get that because Levi was the oldest of all the the shvatim to pass away maybe they mean Yehuda's kids maybe that's what they refer to over there right and a Bosco went out and said leave it by Shavit Levi Shavit Levi will keep a forever. for Reuben and Shimon's kids as well as Yudas were not good enough and Shavit Levi was good enough and that's the pshat that's why they were able to lead Benesra from that point forward once Aaron, obviously, we know that Aaron led the people for years up until Moshe Rabbeinu came along. And Moshe's greatness was not due to him being from Sheva Levi, but rather his power in Torah and his working hard that became that much greater than everything else. And that simply is the power of belonging Torah, the yichus that he had just within the Torah itself. But then it says that's the Pshat in the Medrash itself. Targum Yonasan says that Levi lived to see Aaron and Moshe but that's a very difficult thing for us to understand. Levi was 43 years old when they came down to Mizraim. He's 4 years older than Yosef Levi, and Yosef was 39 at the time when they came down to Mizraim, which makes Levi 43, 17 years old when he went down to Mizraim plus 22 years, so that's 39 and then 43 for Levi. He lived to the age of 137, right? Which means 137 minus 43 is altogether 94 years in Egypt. They were in Egypt for 130 years, right, before Moshe Rabbeinu was born. He was 80 years old on they left, 210 years later, which means that there's a difference of about 36 years, meaning Levy would have died, and 36 years Moshe, bo- Moshe Rabbeinu was born. 33 years later Aaron was born. So it says over here that Levy saw Moshe and Aaron. It's very hard for us to understand that. We don't know what Targum and means. We have no idea what this means. I've never seen an answer to this question. I'd love to hear one if anybody has one. Maybe there's a medrash that refers to something over here, but I'm not sure what it means. The Shach says that Roshe based Avosam, is the the Tavis of Rav. Because even though Ruvain looks like he shouldn't be Roy Lagula because he had sinned, he had intentions... Obviously, you who know, had intentions to be with Rachel instead of Leah, So when he's with Leah, is the child that was born from that relationship, not a Ben Tamura. The Gemara discusses this. And because he himself did Mysabilla, maybe he doesn't deserve to have the gula, nonetheless, he is a in Srol and a Rav. Even though Shimon made a mistake with Yosef Attari by selling him down to his throwing him in the pit, etc., and also by the city of Shem, as well as what's going to happen with this Nus later on with Zimri, etc., nonetheless, he was also a Rav in a way. Pinclus from Shaiva Levi will help him improve and become better, and that's why Ruben Shimon and Levi are mentioned over here, even though you'd think maybe they're not roy to become Nisim and Claudius to be heads of Claudius. Nonetheless, they are. They are roy to be. And that's the idea behind it. Our fifth answer is the Kliyakr says the number three is extremely important in understanding why B'nai Yisrael received the Torah. It says in Shabbos, Pei Chasam and Amat, Lisa, etc. Reuven had four families and Shimon had five but Levi had three. And therefore it was specifically mentioned that they should be the ones to lead Claudius, obviously Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam as well. Tverat mentions this as well. There are Three letters in Hashem's name Yud, He, and Vav. Obviously, the He is doubled up and is three times four, which is altogether is 12, which is the amount of Tsirufin, the way of combining the different letters together to come out with something, etc., right, altogether. And that obviously deals with the 12 Shvatim of Kla Yisrael and the Degullim and how they split up in threes by four, etc far as Jonas and Rav goes on about that, I, personally, it's not my thing. I don't know exactly what he means by that. But that's the idea behind it. He says that's the answer as to why we mention over here. We specifically want to mention why Shevet Levi was chosen because they had three. The Aznaim Latoira says, rightfully, the kingship and kahuna should go to the firstborn. So one might ask why both were given to Shevet Levi. Why did he become the Kohen? And the Melech over here, having Moshe up in it, while Reuven and Shimon right preceded them, they got nothing. And the answer is clear when you look at their children. You see that none of them were as great as the children of Levi. The Children were just not as great. That's why both were given to his children and not theirs. In other words, you look at their children, you see none of them were going to be considered as great as what Shavit Levy went through, etc. It makes sense that it would have to be given to him. The Avraham says this is exactly what we did in Sefer Bereshius and Noach, listing the generations that led from Adam to Noach and Noach to Avram to show you who Avram Avinu was. We wanted to mention all those people to get to that Kadosh Elyon. And so too over here, it's all the list who Aaron and Moshe were to get to these Kadosh Elyon, to tell you how special they were. It's very similar to that original Rashi that we mentioned above. The Kliyakar adds that Hashem search, searched through every Shavet, looking to see if there was someone among them who was ready to save Kali. Or was there anybody who can save Klau Yisrael? He couldn't find anyone among Shavit Reuven, Shavit Shimon, Shavit Levi, until he found, quote, quote unquote, Shev Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. There was no reason to search any further. This is similar to how Shmuel searched through the children of Yishai to find the future king of Israel and did not find someone Roy really until he got to David HaMelech. And he went one by one by one through um, through Eliav and then Avinadov and then Shama, etc., right until he got to Devanamel. The Malvin gives a mushal to understand this, and it's a pretty easy mushle. I think you could have figured this out on your own. But right? a person is searching for a pearl among the sand, so he divides up the areas and he goes through that area and he sees it's not there. So then he goes to the next section and he goes through there and he tries to find the pearl in there and he can't find it in there and he keeps moving on from one of the next. Reuven and Shimon were searched when he could not find what he was looking for. He went to Levi and he found the pearl there. That's the pearl of what Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron wore. Number seven, our seventh answer is from the Svastemis and Likutim, who says that these are Shvatim, these Shvatim are mentioned because the three of them are the Esod of the Gula, the foundation of the Gula itself. I have seen the affliction of my people, is Ruvain. I have heard their cries, that's Shimon. And Levi stands for Levi, Baruch, who's connected to us in our tzara. The other shall take our name for what happened them after the Gula, as the Medrash says later on. But these have to do with the shibud itself, and that's why we mentioned three over here: Reuven, Shimon, and Levi over here, because we're still in the shibud, we're still in servitude. Their yichus is mentioned now, and later we'll go through all of them in Parsha's Pinchas once they get freed. So seemingly, according to the Sfas it that had nothing to do with Moshe and Aaron at all; it has to do with their servitude, and that's why they're mentioned. Ruchanu Henoch of Alexander says, when Ben israel would not listen to Moshe because they Accepted their fate as slaves. And they said, look, we're slaves. We're going to be slaves our whole life. There's nothing we can do about this. This was exactly what Moshe Rabbeinu told B'nai Yisrael when he said he was going to save them. Look at your yichus, he told them. When they said, how could we be saved? Who are we? What are we? Look at your yichus, Moshe Rabbeinu said to them. Look at your, your, your lineage. Look where you come from. Remember your avos Do you think such special people should be slaves? Children of such great men deserve to be slaves? Chas v'shalem. You're special. This is what he told them. He told them, b'nei ruvein, b'nei shimin, b'nei Levi." That's what he told them in order to get them back and to help them understand how special they really were. Rabbeinu Yosef Nechamia Kurdnitzer asked why Moshe Rabbeinu was told to give Paro the sign of the staff turning into a snake, then turning back into a staff to eat the staffs of the other Egyptians. Why is that necessary? That's the first sign you're going to give Paro? That you're going to have a staff eat other staffs and that's it? That? Why is that so important? So he says, the Zohar says, that the staff proved to everyone that chiyas hamesim can happen. If a staff made of wood can turn into a snake, certainly people who were once people have the ability to be brought back to life. Not only can it be brought back to life, the staff can turn back into a simple stick and act like it's alive. A karish can put life in it and cause it to swallow other staffs as a staff. That's the beauty of it. This was to show Paro that even though the Jews were tremendously great, they didn't deserve to be saved based on their own merits. But they had the schluss of their forefathers. And even though their forefathers were already dead, they were alive for their children, and that's the staff turning into a live snake. The, the Avos are always alive for us. The Avos are always there for us. We can always have the Avos come from them. Maybe that's why their Yichos have to be mentioned over here, said the Riv Kurdnitzer. to show that their connection to the Avos was never severed, and therefore they'll be saved. And that's the reason why, in this chus of them being able to connect back to Ruven, Shimon, and Levi, that's how they're saved. What an unbelievable answer. From Sipuri Hasidim, when the middler Rebbe, that's the Rebbe in between the Balatani and the Tzemach Tzedek, once visited his father-in-law in Yanovitz. He accidentally insulted one of his father's chassidim. The latter did not take it very well. He told him, this is what the chassid told over to the middle of rabbi, he said, can you compare yourself to me? Your father is the Balatanya. He's the Balatanya. His levels of piety are known throughout the world. They're unmatched. So of course he was able to have the right... Thoughts and Kavanos to pull down in a shama like yours in doing what he was doing through Kedusha. He then raised you, he taught you, he made sure you had everything you needed to become successful and great, give you the right teachers and the right everything. That's how you were born, and that's why you are who you are. My father was a plain person. He didn't have such thoughts. My soul is a normal soul, a regular soul. I was raised like a goat, he said. I was raised like a regular animal, sitting there without kedusha and Tahara. I didn't have the same types of teachers that you did, and I certainly didn't have the same reason. My parnasa makes me deal with non-Jews all the time on a daily basis, forcing me to be with them and drink with them before I go to chakras in the morning in order to simply survive. You think I can daven normally after, after dealing with such people? And yet I still try and I still work hard. The middle of Rebbe, he said. So he told him. He told him, "You think you compare yourself to me? Look at where I, what I've brought myself to, and look what you are." The middle of Rebbe had no response, no response. So he ran back to his father and he begged him to show how to become a better person on his own. When his Chassid came to the Balatanya letter, the Balatani smiled at him and he thanked him. He said, "You made my barrel into a Chassid. Up until now, I tried my hardest, but you're the one who made him into a Chassid because you're the one who made him realize what he was doing was not the right way." Reb Natalimi Rapshitz was once at a meal with many Rabbanim, many Chassidim, many and Balibatim. And he told him he was positive. His yichus was the greatest of all. Reb Natalimi Rapshitz was related to everyone. He had yichus from his father, from his mother, from his grandfathers on both sides, his grandmothers on both sides. He said he would like to see someone who could claim better yichus than he had. One Balibas from a city called Zivenberg got up and said, My yichus is better. I am the first in my family to put on tthillin. Samayich is better. The Rebbe nodded his head and he said, He's correct. But you know what the difference is between you and me? We both do tikkun chatzos. We get up to mourn over the base of mikdash. We stay up until morning learning all night long, Gemara's, Mishna'is, Tehillim, etc. We learn until Vasikin. We fast until chatzos. We learn with a Bren up until that time. We daven with these We act as tzadikin But when you want to push yourself, you're going to say, this is enough. My, nef- my father never did anything more than this. While I think of my ancestors, and I realize that whatever I do will never be enough because of the yichus that I have. I'll never be as great as they were. And that pushes me to do even more. If yichus makes you feel proud of yourself, and you think you're great because of it, that's the bad thought if a person uses yichus to strive even greater to get even greater heights to make himself even better to be like his forefathers that's what makes yichus great once a chassid came to rav shlomo bells and he felt that the Rebbe was putting him down because he had such a yichus rav shlomo bells while the chassid did not the Rebbe realized what he was thinking, and he told him, Our rabbis tell us that we should always say, Masai agiu, Masai When will my deeds reach my father's deeds? Someone who has great ancestors will never be okay with where he is because he knows he can and should do more. Someone whose parents, whenever on the level, will always feel good about himself because he'll think to himself, I've already surpassed my ancestors. That's the difference between someone who has yichus and someone who has none. Yichus causes you, should cause you to have anivus and humility. It shouldn't cause you to have gaiva, to think you're better than another person. That man realized that the Sarmie Bells had humility due to his yichus and never looked down at others because of it. To end this idea, Rav says the strangest thing over here that this happens in the middle of a story, Moshe Rabbeinu says, they're not going to listen to me. And then all of a sudden we stop with the yichus and we go back and Moshe Rabbeinu says, he's not going to listen to me. HaKadosh Baruch responds, this is the strangest thing. Why in the world did this be put right over here? Also, why wouldn't it be put in the beginning of Shmos when we first meet Moshe not We meet Moshe not that's the greatest time to say, where his lineage is not only that, but in part of Shmos, his lineage is hidden. We don't even know whose his father and mother are, that it's Yocheved and Amram. Why in the world is it over here? So, we're also told about the tribes preceding them, their uncles and cousins as well, as their ages. What is all this for? So, says, a beautiful pshat. This is up until now, Moshe Nahon's mission was a failure. It was an absolute failure. If nothing further would have happened, if it would have stopped right there, it would be unnecessary to know who Moshe and Aaron were, because it didn't work. The Gula didn't happen, and B'nai Saul weren't saved, and nothing would have happened. power didn't agree to it. But from this point on, their mission began to become wildly successful. Therefore, the Pseek, Sukim have to assure us, these great people, the people that you know, Aaron and Moshe, are absolutely, positively human. They're normal. They were not angels and human guys. They were not gods in any sense. They were people. They had siblings. They had uncles. They had cousins. They had great uncles. And they had second cousins. That's who these people were. We know in the future there will be a man that gets up to do godlike deeds, if that ever really happened, whose lineage was not immediately available. And because he borrowed from certain things that Moshe Rabbeinu had already done, he was considered to be a child of Hashem. And for almost 2,000 years, doubting that connection was punishable by death. Moshe Rabbeinu is a man. He will always be a human being. Right before he does miracles the world has never seen before, right before he gives us the Torah and goes up to the heavens for 40 days and 40 nights, right before a light radiates from his face, Hashem gives us his yichus so we don't get confused. They were men, great men, the likes of which we've never seen before, but they were men and only men. And this lesson can be taken even further. People might come along and say these men became this great because, you know, they just worked hard and that's that. Maybe anyone else can do what they did and surpass them and become even greater than Motion Iron. And even someone known as an idiot today could receive the word of God tomorrow and become a pure prophet. That, Rav Hirsch says, is ridiculous. The bigger the idiot he was yesterday and the smarter he is today that shows that HaKadosh Baruch who was with him, he must be even greater and he must be divine and God must have helped him. That's not true at all. These were chosen men from great stock. They came from Yichus. They came from great people. Amram was a tzaddik, and Kahus was a tzaddik, and Levi was a tzaddik, and Yaakovino was a tzaddik, and Yitzchokovino was a tzaddik, and Avramino was a tzaddik. They came from great yichus. They were noble. They were well known for their families and who they were. Not just anyone can just get up and do what they did and have a Qadosh Baruch Hu speak to him become the person that he became. Qadosh Baruch Hu's choices are always special people with special qualities. There are qualities listed in the Gemara for someone who wants to become a Navi and they have to be known beforehand. That should weed out among us those who are imposters, trying to fool everyone with a magic trick and some learned knowledge and figure out this guy is real and that guy is not. That's the purpose of these psukim. What an important lesson it is that motion hour and for the greatness that they had are still human. And we always have to remember this. But on the other hand, they were the best of humans and people that just not, not anybody could just become like that. Hopefully, we'll be able to see in our days a person who will be so similar, a Mashiach, that will come up in such a way, with such lineage, with such power, and such Kedusha, that he should be the same for us. Have a good Shabbos, everyone.